Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Parkinson's Recovery. I am Robert Rogers. If you are looking for a place where you can get wonderful information, suggestions, and tips about how you can get relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's, you have come to the right place. My guest today is Randy Mincer. Randy is one of the special guests who will be at Jump Start to Wellness. This is our 2009 One Live event that Parkinson's Recovery is sponsoring uh, just north of Olympia, Washington, next Monday and Tuesday, that's November 30th and December 1st, for individuals who are interested in being able to find all sorts of suggestions and tips for what you can do for yourself to be able to feel a great deal better. For more information, feel free to email me. There's a lot of information on the main website, parkinsonsrecovery.com. The email for me is robert at parkinsonsrecovery.com. And as you'll soon discover, Randy is a compounding pharmacist and a nutritional counselor. So he knows just about everything there is to know about what happens when drugs and prescriptions and supplements are combined together. Sometimes uh, bad things can happen, and Randy knows uh, some solutions uh, that can resolve the side effects that can result from the interactions of taking particular medications at the same time. So he'll be answering questions and doing lots of experiential kind of fun things that jumpstart to wellness here on Monday and Tuesday. Now here is Randy Mincer. I'm Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery. Today I am interviewing Randy Mincer. Randy is a certified nutritional counselor and a pharmacist in the state of Washington. Randy has a compounding pharmacy. It's the old-time way of actually making pharmaceuticals for people from scratch. It's quite an amazing talent and a skill. Randy is really very skilled at helping people uh, know more about the implications of multiple medications that they take. Uh, When you take even more than two medications, there is the possibility of a drug interaction or a drug depletion. My uh, mother had Parkinson's, and uh, she was taking over 10 different prescription medications for one particular malady or another, and uh, she ultimately wound up having a stroke and dying uh, from a stroke, which was aggravated and, and in fact, caused by the interactions of the medications. So uh, Randy's skill is near and dear to my heart, and uh, I I strongly recommend uh, for anyone who happens to be a, a client of mine that they get a consultation from Randy, especially if they are taking multiple prescription medications that uh, might uh, have some uh, possibility of of having some interactions and creating some adverse side effects. So it's my pleasure to uh, interview Randy today. We have a a question from uh, Phyllis, uh, and she says, uh, Do you support the use of CoQ10, and if so, at what dosage? Right now I am taking Stilevo. Uh, three times daily, soon to take in addition a low-dose Requip uh, one time daily. Other supplements are D, folic acid, ginkgo, Prozac, 20 milligrams one time daily, Lavaza, high-dose uh, omega-3. And uh, she would basically like to have any kind of suggestions or comments that you might have. I'm not, um, I'm not really too fond of Requip. I'm not sure why you're taking the Requip. If you're taking it for restless leg syndrome, I kind of lean towards trying natural products first. And we find that magnesium, uh, the magnesium glycinate, not magnesium oxide or anything like that, it's magnesium glycinate, works really well for restless leg syndrome. And uh, it's natural. It's, um, it's, It's a muscle relaxer. Uh, other supplements of vitamin D, check to make sure it's vitamin D3. Folic acid is fine, ginkgo is fine, Prozac, uh, 
in something to help to increase serotonin levels. I'm not going to criticize you for doing that. Um, I think that um, if you've been diagnosed with Parkinson's, that is kind of a, a depressive type of uh, situation. So um, I would prefer other things other than Prozac, but I'm not going to criticize you with Prozac. I mean, for taking Prozac right now. Uh, some other time we can talk about alternatives to antidepressants. Uh, the high dose of omega-3s, yes, I would agree with that. I think that's great. What we want to do, if, if we back up and say, okay, what causes Parkinson's, we don't know. But we do know this. Nutritional, nutritional scientists know this, that the basis for all disease, all chronic degenerative disease, starts with an event. We don't know what that event is with Parkinson's, but... We know that something happens, and that whatever happens causes inflammation. So this process of Parkinson's disease or cancer or heart disease or diabetes or multiple sclerosis or whatever it is, it all starts with an event that causes inflammation. So you want to eat foods that are, that are anti-inflammatory. You want to avoid the foods that, that cause inflammation. And you want to take supplements that are anti-inflammatory. And omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. Uh, we use omega-3s for a number of, of inflammatory uh, processes, including arthritis and rheumatoid arthritis and so on and so forth. So omega-3s are very, very essential, and yes, I would encourage you to continue to do that. Carl from Portland asks, do you have an opinion as to the relative effectiveness of using cinnamon versus macuna purines for treating Parkinson's disease symptoms? Well, macuna is actually an Ayurvedic herb, and it has uh, L-DOPA in it. So I don't have a problem with you using that, but be careful because the reason why there's cinnamon is because you, cinnamon has L-DOPA, and it has another form of DOPA which reduces the incidences of certain side effects like um, dyskinesias. And dys dyskinesias are very serious side effects. Uh, you don't want to get that. Um, they are um, common, commonly a, a jerky dance-like movement of the arms and head. Uh, and it usually doesn't present itself until after several years of treatment of medication with L-DOPA. So you have to be very careful that you don't get too much L-DOPA. So by using the your herb may possibly um, give you too much L-DOPA. So just keep in close contact with your doctor, make sure that he understands that, that, that uh, uh, the, mer uh, the mucuna has L-DOPA in it. But I, Carl, I, again, I, I suppose that uh, I, I would say that uh, the cinnamon would be far more effective, but if you add the mucuna on top of it, um, it's, it's likely to give you more L-DOPA, which might cause you some problems. Carl from Portland also asks, any potential problems taking Lipitor, 10 milligrams once a day, and Binacar, HCT, one tablet a day when you have Parkinson's disease? I also take Macuna Purians. Well, I don't see a problem with, well, we talked about the Lipitor. Lipitor is a statin drug, and I might question that. Why are, take, why are you trying to get your cholesterol down? Um, people are always afraid of their cholesterol numbers. And I, I think that uh, that's a manufactured concern from um, the pharmaceutical industry. If we take a look at heart attacks, for example, 70% of all men who have heart attacks have normal cholesterol. So we know that there are other things involved with cardiovascular disease, not just um, cholesterol. And cholesterol is important for the connective skin, uh, tissue in the skin. It makes um, vitamin D3. Um, 
it is the building block for all your sex hormones. So one of the problems I have with uh, people who come in and saying, you know, I don't have any sex drive anymore. I say, well, what kind of medication are you taking? Well, the only thing I'm taking is Lipitor. Well, there we are. Uh, it's 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 pushing down your cholesterol, so your cholesterol is not making uh, pregnenolone. It's not making progesterone. It's not making DHEA, uh, testosterone, estrogen, and possibly cortisol. So we're not very fond of uh, the statin drugs. The Benicar, I don't think there's any problem. The hydrochlorothiazide, part of it, the HCT is hydrochlorothiazide. It's a, basically a diuretic. It's a water pill. And there's a drug nutrient depletion there. Now, one of them is good. One of them is not so good. What you're trying to do with hydrochlorothiazide is get rid of excess sodium. That's good because the theory would be that if you get rid of excess sodium, which retains water, then this will help uh, your blood pressure to go down. However, on the other hand, it may also deplete potassium. Potassium, low potassium, might also be implicated some way in uh, Parkinson's. So you want to make sure that you get your potassium levels checked when you're taking hydrochlorothiazide. So should a person not even worry about whatever their cholesterol numbers are? Well, I, I, <laughs> I'm not a good one to talk because I just checked my cholesterol and it's too low. It's 161. Uh, of course, I eat very well. I don't eat anything that's bad for me. I, I have a very, very good diet. And um, But if, if it was 240, 250, or whatever, I wouldn't worry about it myself. But I'm only speaking for myself. I'm not speaking, and I'm not suggesting, and I'm not saying anything. I'm not, I'm not making an opinion on somebody else. There are other factors involved, and you should work in close contact with your healthcare provider. But also, it's a good idea to get close to your compounding pharmacist who understands these things as well. Carl from Portland again asks, what in your opinion, is the best method to determine an individual's need for specific supplements, uh, for example, vitamins, herbs, minerals, etc.? Well, I look at something, uh, a question like that, and I think, okay, the first thing we look at is what are you eating? Are you eating organic foods? Are you eating things in a can? Are you eating things in a box? Are they, is your food the problem? And then the other thing I look at, are you exercising? If you're not exercising, that may be the problem. So getting back to this, to the question, uh, the needs for the individual specific supplements, how do we determine that? The first thing we look at is what, your diet. Second thing, exercise. The third thing, of course, what, is, what medications are you taking? As I stated before, if you're taking birth control pills, it's sucking out vitamin B6. If you're taking aspirin, it's sucking about five or six different things out of your system, such as vitamin C. So in that particular case, you might need more vitamin C. But if you're really concerned about what to take and how much to take, there are tests that you can take to find out what your levels are. And there again, you can talk to your compounding pharmacist or a, or a healthcare provider who practices alternative medicine. So, are these tests uh, uh, blood draws or saliva tests, or, or does it depend on what you're looking for? They're a combination. Uh, you could be looking at uh, most likely you can get all these in blood tests, but sometimes you might look at urine tests. And uh, if you're looking at, uh, like, heavy metal toxicities, and and there might be a possible, heavy, uh, not a heavy metal, but a trace mineral toxicity with Parkinson's, and that would be manganese. So you can, you can check all those things either with uh, blood or urine or hair analysis. A hair analysis is a good way to check for toxic metals. And uh, who knows, we are exposed to toxic metals and toxic chemicals, uh, more and more each day in our culture. 
So it might be a good idea to have that checked out because, for golly sakes, what if it's not what you think it is? What if the, what if the concern is not what you think it is and it's something totally different that you've missed, but it shows up in a hair analysis? Maybe it's mercury. Maybe that's the problem. So it's a good idea to check those things out. If a person doesn't live near a compounding pharmacist, is it possible to be able to obtain uh, one or more of these tests long distance? That is, can they send things like hair samples in uh, and be able to get an analysis done? Well, let me give you a telephone number there. If you're in some place uh, where you don't know of a compounding pharmacist nearby, you can call a company called PCCA. That's P, I mean the letters, P-C-C-A. And you can call 1-800-331-2498. That's 1-800-331-2498. And ask them for a compounding pharmacy close to you. There are about 1,500 in the United States. And uh, if they, if you give them your zip code, they will most likely be able to tell you who's close by. Carl from Portland also asks, what foods should be avoided if you have Parkinson's disease? Well, I think that you should avoid any foods that cause inflammation. Uh, and, and actually, I could talk to you about this for a long time. So in just a short 30-second snip here. You should avoid fats that are solid at room temperature. That's number one. That's like margarine. That's like um, fats that are found in meats. Um, The liquid fatty acids like olive oil, fish oil, uh, flaxseed oil, those are fine because those are anti-inflammatory. But any fats that are solid at room temperature cause inflammation. Some of them cause a lot of inflammation. Some of them cause uh, a little bit of inflammation. But you should avoid anything that causes inflammation because we know that inflammation is part of Parkinson's. It's, in, it's, it's involved with other types of, of um, degenerative diseases. Susan from Phoenix Phoenix, uh, has a question. I am only on Meripax since last March, 1.25 milligrams currently, and don't notice any side effects except occasionally lightheadedness upon standing. Are there foods that help or hinder its absorption? Do you know of any long-term effects of Meripax at this high dose? To be honest, part of me doesn't want to know the negative because the drug has been very helpful to me. My hand, arm, body tremor is still very pronounced, even with Meripax. Any suggestions? Uh, Meriplex is a fairly recent drug, and... um, well, I shouldn't say it's fairly recent. It's probably 10 years old. Uh, it is very good. It has been shown to be very, very helpful. And as far as side effects goes, um, it's le- it, there are less side effects with that than some of the other Parkinson's disease, less uh, dyskinesia, tremor, and so on and so forth. Um, as far as long-term side effects, uh, we can take a look at. Uh, I'll just kind of share this with you because, and and, and just take this with a grain of salt. Um, when compared with the placebo, four uh, percent may have shown some confusion as opposed to one percent with a placebo. One uh, percent experience decreased libido as as opposed to zero for um, placebo. Uh, dizziness, 25% of p- patients taking um, 
it's my reflex. Um, experience dizziness, but 24 experienced dizziness with the placebo, um, and and so on and so forth. Now, if we if we we take a look at um, insomnia. 70% experience insomnia as opposed to 12% without, I mean, on a placebo. So you might take a look at that and say, okay, let's take a look at insomnia. 17% experience insomnia when they're on t- when when they're taking Myrapex, and 12% experience insomnia when they're on a placebo. So what they don't tell you is what is the placebo? We're kind of assuming that it's some sort of a powder that doesn't have any activity whatsoever. But we don't know that. It does not tell you what the placebo is. That placebo might even be NutraSweet. Well, NutraSweet is not a placebo, and it does have side effects. So when we look at these kinds of things... We have to take some of this in with a grain of salt unless we know what uh, what the placebo is. But I think that uh, Myropex is one of those drugs that has, through the years, exhibited less side effects than some of the other things. So I don't think you have too much to worry about. Veronica from West Bank, British Columbia. I have been taking twice a day one-half teaspoon glutathione for two months to combat Parkinson's uh, symptoms and haven't noticed any significant change. What is your opinion? Okay, and that's pronounced glutathione. Um, Parkinson's disease patients seem to have a deficiency of glutathione. Now, glutathione does not across the blood-brain barrier. So if you're taking glutathione, chances are not too much of it is is going to be very helpful to you as far as Parkinson's goes. Now, there are two forms of glutathione. There's the oxidized form and there's the reduced form. So you have to make sure that it's the reduced form. That's the active form of glutathione. The other thing is that glutathione is something they call a tripeptide. It has three amino acids in it. It has glutamine, it has glycine, and it has cysteine, C-Y-S-T-E-I-N-E. Now, the amino acids do cross the blood-brain barrier, and the most popular one and the most effective one that crosses the blood-brain barrier is something called N-acetylcysteine. So your brain can take N-acetylcysteine and add glutamine and glycine to make glutathione. So if you're not getting the results that you think you should be with when you're taking glutathione, consider taking N-acetylcysteine. That's an amino acid that's available in, well, we carry it, um, you can probably find it in health food stores, but I would try to consult a compounding pharmacist and see what he says about it. Compounding pharmacists generally are more up on nutritional uh, protocols than non-compounding uh, pharmacists. David from Toledo. Can eating tofu and other soy products exacerbate Parkinson's? Well, I'm not familiar with any problems with tofu or soy, although I, uh, I, I probably should differentiate between tofu and soy because the way he says soy is soy products, that generally means soy supplements. Uh, tofu, tofu is not a soy supplement. It's a, it's a soy food. And uh, we find that there's a vast difference between soy foods and soy supplements. So I don't think too much of soy supplements, but I do think a lot about soy foods. So if you're going, if you're interested in soy, the first thing I would do is try the soy foods rather than the supplements. Rachel from Baltimore, what is the pharmacological difference between Macuna 
versus levodopa carbidopa. Does mucuna contain additional beneficial components that cinnamon does not? Well, first of all, the mucuna does have L-dopa in it. And what we have to do is be careful about not getting too much L-dopa. The, uh, the levodopa or the L-dopa and the carbidopa, <clears throat> they put the carbidopa in there because the body tolerates the L-dopa more. Uh, if you do only L-dopa, that could lead to side effects. Um, and adding the L-dopa from the macuna might uh, increase the incidence of side effects. And it may not show up immediately, so that's what you have to be kind of careful about. And, and, and a second... Uh, as, far as, um, as far as any other beneficial components... Um, as far as the cinnamon uh, and as far as Parkinson's goes, I don't think there is anything else there. I mean, they, they, they use Macuna for a number of other things, but we're talking about um, we're talking about the uh, uh, Macuna. Uh, and here's the word that I always have difficulty pronouncing again. What is the role of glutathione <laughs> in fighting Parkinson's disease, and how does PD affect the absorption of glutathione-containing supplements such as immunocol? Okay. Well, I'm not exactly sure what the role of uh, glutathione is particularly in fighting Parkinson's, other than the fact that glutathione is your body's, um, at least as far as we know, it is your body's strongest antioxidant. And we know that in Parkinson's disease, uh, glutathione is deficient. And some studies have shown that the worse the Parkinson's, the lower the glutathione. So it is glutathione is very, very essential for um the health of Parkinson's disease patients, just like L-DOPA may be, because they work together. Uh, uh, glutathione is good for a number of different things, being an antioxidant, but it's the body's strongest antioxidant. And as I said before, that it's made up of it's a, it's a tripeptide. It's made up of three amino acids. And if we look at uh, this immunocol. Um, I took a real quick look at Immunocol, and it looks to me like what is in that product is something called cystine. That's C-Y-S-T-I-N-E. And cystine uh, is the the oxidized form of cysteine. And I think that the the N-acetylcysteine is probably more effective and more beneficial than the cysteine. But they may have some research that uh, I have not looked at yet, so uh, I'm just generalizing at this point. What is the negative effect of vitamin B6? on the absorption of levodopa or the conversion of levodopa to dopamine. Is it similar to the effect of protein on absorption of levodopa? Um, The effect of vitamin B6, what happens with vitamin B6, it reduces the the side effects of the L-dopa, but it also reduces the effect of L-dopa. So it's not a good idea to supplement with vitamin B6 when you're taking these medications. That creates a problem because vitamin B6 is really very important. But I would say that uh, if you're going to take Parkinson's medications like the Cinemet or the, the uh, Stalivo or the Myropex, uh, then you should try to get your vitamin B6 in your foods and not take it as a supplement because 25 to 50 milligrams will reduce the effectiveness of these medications, so you should avoid that. 
The Golden from Branford, Ontario asks, is Zandopa a safe alternative? So we talked about Makuna. Makuna has some L-Dopa in it, so we have to be careful about getting too much L-Dopa. If you get too much L-Dopa, it may, you might experience some of the side effects of it, such as this dyskinesia which is these jerky movements that are actually pretty permanent. And once you get something like this, it stays. Now, is there anything in particular that you generally like to recommend to people of what they can do to be able to get relief from uh, symptoms such as what Parkinson's people experience? with regard to diet or lifestyle or what what are the kind of basics as far as you're concerned? Well, I think that it's really very important to follow your doctor's orders. And uh, if he prescribes a certain drug like uh, Cinemet, uh, you should certainly do that. Uh, you should take Cinemet. Um, you should watch your diet and make sure that you're not uh, eating junk foods and that you're eating foods that are anti-inflammatory like lots of fish and omega-3 essential fatty acids and flax. Stay away from fats that are, that are uh, solid at room temperature. Um, there are other things that you can use as well. Uh, there's something called NADH. Um, so let me talk to you about NADH for a second. This is kind of interesting because I think... Uh, I think this is pretty fa fascinating. Excuse me. I think this is pretty fascinating. NADH stands for nicotinamide adenosine dinucleide. Excuse me. Let me say that again. Uh, it's a derivative of niacin. It's nicotinamide adenosine dinucleotide with an added hydrogen. NADH. When I got out of school a long time ago, my first summer working in a pharmacy, I remember a guy who came into the store who had Parkinson's. I didn't know who he was first time I ever saw him. But somebody came back and said, there's a guy here who wants to talk to you. So I went out and there's this, this guy. And he was trembling, and he was shaking. His hand was shaking. And he was showing me this note, and that note said L-Dopa, L-Dopa. Well, L-Dopa had not been stabilized. Uh, it, it was still being researched, and it actually came out <clears throat> later that year in a stabilized form. That L-DOPA changed the lives of millions of Parkinson's disease patients. And um, <clears throat> this was developed by a man by the name of George Brookmeyer, who had a Parkinson's disease uh, clinic in Vienna, Austria, after World War II. He's a very brilliant man, and he was able, he was the first person to stabilize L-DOPA so that it can be taken in oral form. And so fast-forwarding to, say, the 1980s, there was another thing called NADH. Um, NADH had been shown to be very beneficial to Parkinson's disease patients in IV form. And those patients who went to Vienna, to the Brookmeyer Institute, and was treated IV with NADH. People who came in in wheelchairs walked out. The problem was that after a certain period of time, they ended up back in the wheelchair. The interesting thing about this is George Brookmeyer's son, who is also named George Brookmeyer, went to school, became an MD and a PhD in chemistry. And while he was working in the laboratory, working on his Ph.D., he figured out a way to stabilize NADH. So we have 
the senior Brook mayor who was able to stabilize LDOPA, and then we have the junior Brook mayor who was able to stabilize NADH. Um, NADH came on the market in the United States as an over-the-counter product um, probably 15 years ago. Now, George Brook Meyer came to the United States and approached the FDA, and the FDA looked at these studies and said, these are wonderful studies. Now, they gave him a choice to put it on prescription or to put it over the counter. He wanted this to be easily accessible to the public, so he said, put it over the counter. I think that was probably a big mistake in some respects because many healthcare providers feel that if it's going to work, it needs to be a prescription. But NADH has been available in this country for probably 15 years now. Uh, it helps to improve energy. It helps to re relieve symptoms of, of uh, Parkinson's. It's in pill form. And uh, typically, doses of 25 to 50 milligrams have reduced the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. But you don't need a prescription for it. So I think it's very, very interesting that years ago, it was Berkmeyer who stabilized L-DOPA, which led to Cinnamid, and now we have NADH. And um, NADH is in pill form. You take it once a day, once or twice a day on an empty stomach. So it's just another possible option of treating patients with um, Parkinson's. If they haven't tried uh, NADH, they should consider it, talk it over with their doctor, see what he says, he or she. If you have tried it and it didn't work, then possibly it's a dose-related problem rather than just saying it didn't work. That's what happens a lot of times. When we don't get the dose right and it doesn't work, we're always in a hurry to get results and we may walk away from it and not knowing the fact that we just may not have gotten a dosage correct. I've had a number of questions from people uh, who have concerns about the quality of the pharmaceuticals that they get uh, over the counter. How would a person know whether or not the NADH, for example, that they might purchase at a health food store or uh, another kind of outlet would be a high-quality product? Well, we deal with um, professional lines. And um, if, if there's a question that I have on any of the products that we carry, I will call the manufacturer and say, I'd like to have a certificate of analysis and they will fax it to me immediately. If you go into a health food store or some other outlet and to purchase NADH, and you have any question about the quality of NADH or any other supplement, ask them. I'd like to see a certificate of analysis. If they say, what? Or if they say, well, we don't, we don't have those. Or if they say, well, the manufacturer doesn't supply those, turn around and walk out. If you have any questions, you should be able to get a certificate of analysis. You gave a phone number that people could call to be able to get uh, information about compounding pharmacists that might be located in their area. Could you give that once again, Randy? Yes. Uh, it's PCCA. They're located in Texas. And their telephone number is 1-800-331-2433. So I should tell our listeners that one of the reasons I have been really so passionate about issues regarding drug-drug complications and interactions is that uh, my mother was taking uh, eight to ten different medications for one thing or another. She had Parkinson's, and she really uh, died as a result of a uh, complications from the medications from a stroke. And... Um, it was very obvious to me that uh, from a thoughtful analysis of the combination of pre prescription drugs and supplements that she took that that really could have been avoided. So I'm really passionate about the work that Randy does 
you also, for people, uh, Randy, do uh, consultations. Um, could you say something about what that's all about? Well, if somebody really wants to have a consultation with me, uh, generally I'll spend an hour with them. And uh, before we have a consultation, they fill out a form. Usually it's fairly extensive. It's maybe 15 or 18 pages long. And um, and then we have a consultation. I go through that with them. I go through their diet. Uh, I can go through the medications they're taking. Um, I can find out what other things are, what other things are going on in their lives. Uh, why are they taking these other medications? You know, I I think that um, there may even be a connection with Parkinson's with with hormone imbalances. Uh, I I just can't help but think that there is a hormone imbalance element to this because when I talk to people who have had these long-term chronic conditions, not just Parkinson's but other things like multiple sclerosis and so on and so forth, I ask them, well, has anybody checked your testosterone levels or estrogen levels or progesterone levels? And hardly anybody ever says, yeah, or your thyroid. How's your thyroid? Is there, or or how's your cortisol? Is there a stress element here? So we want to get to the bottom of this. We want to get to the root of this. Now you might say that Parkinson's is a disease, but if we think about it, if we really think about it and start backing up, we think, okay, Parkinson's is really not. A disease. If we change the way we think, say Parkinson's disease is really not a disease. It's a symptom of a disease. And if if it's a symptom of a disease, and we just label it Parkinson's disease, then what really is the disease? Well, the disease may be that your L-dopa levels are too low. Well, if your L-dopa levels are too low, is that the disease? Or is that a symptom of of the disease? If that's what's causing all these problems, what's causing the L-dopa? We have to go back and find out, is there something else going on? Is it lifestyle? Is it food? Is, is it diet? Is it, is it other drugs? Are there, are there toxicities in the environment that are causing this? We find that manganese... Uh, if, if you have high levels of manganese, it could cause this. So maybe it's a manganese overdose that you've had somewhere along the line. If that's the case, let's back up another step. We, we might say, well, it was caused by manganese poisoning. But if we say, okay, manganese poisoning isn't really the disease either. So it's a symptom of the disease. What is the disease? And we keep going back and going back and going back. And to, to see if we can't find out something in their lifestyle, whether it's something they're eating, some supplement they shouldn't be taking, some drug that they are, are uh, uh, taking that's giving them a side effect, something in their past, maybe a hormone imbalance. We try to, to identify what is going on there. And uh, sometimes we can, and sometimes it's very simple, and sometimes it's very complex. So we have these consultations. Uh, I spend time with them. And at the end, um, I will write a report, and in that report, I will talk. I'll, I'll, I'll write the things that we talked about, and I'll make some suggestions whether whether they, they could be checking hormone levels, it could be checking some other levels, it could be checking vitamin D3 levels, it could be checking manganese, it could be checking all sorts of things, or it could be changing their diet. Uh, could be exercise, could be all kinds of things that can be helpful in making the life of a person who has Parkinson's disease a little bit easier. The idea then is to keep going back and back and back and figure out what the root issues really are. If we can, yes. And sometimes that does require some testing to see uh, what might really be involved. Right. 
So you, in your consultations, you do those uh, in your clinic, and of course that would just be for people who are located near the Olympia, Washington area, but you also do these long distance, is that correct, so people can uh, uh, get your consultation over the phone? We could, you know, so if somebody in Florida wants to have a consultation, we, we've done uh, long distance consultations before, so if somebody in Florida wants to give me a call, uh, we would uh, send them the forms, they would fill it out and send them back to us so that I have a copy of it, and uh, we could have a telephone consultation. I would do the same thing. Um, I would write a report and send it back to them. They can give it to their health care provider. Um, they can do whatever they want to with the report, but uh, at least they would have a report with some suggestions that I think might be helpful for them. And Randy, uh, for those of you uh, listening, uh, has given a very, very uh, generous offer for his nutritional consultations the uh, normal uh, price or cost of his consultations are four hundred and ninety five dollars uh, for the next uh, fourteen days he's uh, discounted that cost all the way down two hundred dollars to only uh, two hundred and ninety five dollars uh, which is a steal. <laughs> uh, I really personally don't know anyone who has his uh, skill, his knowledge, his abilities, and his insights. So um, for the next 14 days at any rate, that offer will be open, and in order to be able to uh, express interest, you simply will see at the bottom of the screen that there's a link, and you can get some additional information about his consultation. And if you wish, you can purchase it, contact him, and actually obtain the valuable information that he has to offer. So I want to thank you, Randy, for making that available to people. It really uh, is a very generous offer. Well, you're welcome. Glad to do that. And uh, hopefully if there's somebody out there that, who we might benefit, we'd be glad to do that. Now, you are also doing what really is revolutionary work with regard to helping people with uh, hormone imbalances. Could you say a bit about that work? Well, majority of what we do in the compounding pharmacy involves hormones. And... Again, um, we have people who come in with all sorts of complaints, um, and a lot of times it's amazing to me how, how how many times it actually boils down to a hormone imbalance. By balancing the hormones, whether it's estrogen and progesterone being out of balance or not enough testosterone or too much cortisol, cortisol deals with stress, and it could be that stress is 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 such a potent force in our lives, in our culture, that it's causing all kinds of these different problems, uh, or these medical problems, these physiological problems, these hormone, other hormone imbalances, that that's what we have to work on. By solving one problem uh, doesn't necessarily mean we're solving all the problems. So if we look at four systems, we look at the adrenal glands, that the adrenal glands make over 50 hormones, but the one that we are most interested in is the cortisol. So if your cortisol levels are high, that means you're under stress. That's going to affect your thyroid. It's going to affect your, your sex hormones. It's also going to affect your blood glucose. So let's say that your thyroid is out of whack. It may be within what we call uh, normal limits, but if there is such a thing as called something called normal limits, I'd rather change that to expected limits. So it's, if it's within expected limits, then chances are you're not going to be treated for hormones or, or thyroid problems. But if you look at those ranges, the ranges are huge. They are absolutely astronomically huge. So if you fit within that range, you might have all kinds of thyroid problems, but somebody's going to say, it's within this range, therefore it's all in your head. That's ridiculous. The hypothyroidism in this country 
is probably the most underdiagnosed disease there is. So we have the thyroid. If the thyroid is out of whack, it's going to influence the cortisol. It's also going to influence your estrogen and progesterone. It's also going to influence your blood glucose. And then you have your sex hormones, your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, and so on and so forth. So if you're going through andropause, which is men menopause, or or um, menopause for women, then those hormones are going to be declining, but they decline in different rates. They don't all decline in a you know in in a, in, a, in the same slope. In other words, testosterone might drop faster than estrogen. Progesterone might drop faster than estrogen. And even though you don't have as much estrogen as you did 10 years ago, you could you could still be estrogen dominant because you're out of balance with progesterone. There are all kinds of problems with there. So if that's the hap- if that's what's happening, that could interfere with your thyroid hormones. It could also influence your cortisol, and it could also influence your blood glucose. So if you have hypoglycemia or if you're diabetic, that could cause problems with your sex hormones. It could cause problems with your thyroid. It could cause problems with your cortisol. So they all have to be dancing together. And if they're dancing together and one of them is out of step, it's going to throw the all the all the rest of them out of step. So it's important to balance everything, look at everything. Now somebody might have a thyroid problem, they get treated for thyroid, but they don't get treated for everything else. Uh, everything else is ignored, I'll put it that way. Well, unless you get your thyroid and your adrenal glands controlled, you're never going to get your hot flashes or your libido, and those kinds of things, back to normal. So it all works together, and that's the way your body works. It's called homeostasis. Everything should be in balance. Every, everything should be working well, just like a car. A car has many parts. All those parts need to be working together, or you're going to have problems with your car. They all have to be working together, or you're going to have problems with your body. What I love about your work, Randy, is it's it's holistic. And so you're looking at symptoms that the person is experiencing. You're looking at diet. You're looking at lifestyle and also dipping into issues with regard to testing for various levels of one thing or another and then going after root causes. It's um, It's really quite remarkable, the work that you do. Well, I uh, I also want to uh, I want to ask you uh, you see many people uh, and do many many consultations and see what happens with regard to people taking suggestions. Can people get relief from their symptoms? Is it possible to feel better? I think it's possible to feel better in most cases. Um, I think that um, most of the people we see, most of the people who come to us with problems. Um, we were able to help them to solve their problems. Now, I can't solve their problems. Um, I, I think that most healthcare pro- professionals cannot actually solve the problems of the individual patient. The individual patient has to solve the problems. What we want to do is support their efforts because they may not know how to do this. We just show them how. Once they know how, they do it themselves. So, Randy, I want to give my deepest thanks for your willingness to uh, to answer all these long uh, series of questions and uh, talk about your work with regard to uh, people who have the symptoms of Parkinson's. It's been an incredibly informative discussion for me. Well, thank you for having me. I, I do appreciate it. Uh, this is very exciting. I, I appreciate what you're doing. What you're doing is trying to help Parkinson's uh, patients as well. So um, I hope you continue doing what you're doing.
This is Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery. You've just uh, listened to my pre-recorded interview with compounding pharmacist and nutritional counselor Randy Menser. Randy is going to be one of the guests at Jumpstart to Wellness, which uh, we're holding for the one and only time uh, for 2009 at the Little Creek Resort Hotel on Monday, November 30th, and Tuesday, December 1st of next week. I've encouraged everyone who's attending Jumpstart to Wellness to listen to this particular interview as well as the uh, interviews uh, throughout the entire month where we've been uh, interviewing individuals who will be guests and participants in Jumpstart to Wellness. Please uh, bring your questions, your very specific questions for Randy. We are interactive at Jumpstart to Wellness, so unlike many conferences where there are presenters that have fancy, smancy PowerPoint presentations, PowerPoints are outlawed at Jumpstart to Wellness. We don't do them there. We basically interact with each of the participants so that you can literally have a self-designed program for being able to figure out what you can do next to be able to get uh, relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's. So Randy will be there. Formulate your specific questions for him and be prepared to ask him those questions at Jumpstart to Wellness. He really is an amazing resource, and he has now consulted with a a number of individuals with the symptoms of Parkinson's, so he's really become an international expert who looks holistically at the pharmaceutical challenges, the nutritional challenges, the challenges with combining supplements with prescription medications, and uh, he's really uh, so knowledgeable that uh, even at the top of his head, without doing additional research, he can answer a variety of very complicated questions. Uh, the amazing uh, feature for Randy, uh, from, from my perspective, is that when he does consultations, he actually spends hours for some individuals researching what are the uh, potential consequences of one alternative versus another. He really is an amazing individual. I have another announcement for everybody on this Thanksgiving week of 2009. I have released, as of a couple of days ago, the book that I have been working on now for three long years, Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease. Everything you'd ever want to know about the causes of Parkinson's and all the kinds of therapies that are available to address uh, the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. I want everybody to know that the desktop version is now available. And when I say desktop, I mean that you can download the version to your computer. It's pretty nifty in the sense that there are a lot of links. So as you're reading through, you can link out and get uh, additional information about uh, everything that we're really discussing. The print version that will be in the hard copy will be ready just in the next uh, few days. So if you are a a hard copy kind of person that likes to curl up in bed and and read a book uh, that you can hold in your hands, whatever you do, don't uh, don't pursue the desktop version. What you really want to be able to get is that print version. And again, it's not quite out yet, but uh, I've just uh, been talking to the publisher today, and it looks like it'll be out uh, very soon. So you'll be able to order it directly and have it shipped to your home. This is uh, Thanksgiving week, and I want to uh, wish everyone who's listening a very happy Thanksgiving. I look forward to uh, seeing many of you from across the United States and Canada at our live event. Again, it's the only one that we've done in 2009 here just uh, just north of Olympia, uh, about uh, uh, seven or eight miles at the Little Creek Resort Hotel and Casino. We'll be there all day Monday as well as uh, Monday evening and also all day Tuesday doing um, experiential kinds of, uh, of, of lessons for people so that we can give you lots of tools that you can use to be able to jumpstart your own recovery programs when you get back home. So we're uh, basically providing uh, information to people that you can use to be able to really get uh, sustained relief. A lot of what we're going to be talking about I actually have not written about. Uh, it's not actually in my book uh, because we've actually just created a lot of what we're going to be presenting. So it's exciting for uh, Deborah and I 
and the other uh, presenters, Randy Mincer and David Howell, to be able uh, to be with you at our two days uh, experience and uh, to talk about some of the uh, new developments that uh, have, 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 have we've come across here just uh, in the last year. And for everybody, again, happy Thanksgiving. To those of you who are not uh, Americans, uh, Thanksgiving is a big holiday in the United States where we get together and do nothing but eat good food on Thanksgiving Day, which is on Thursday. So that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that you are on the road to recovery. Good day.